0: It is my privilege today to be joined by Vermont snowboarding coach, Mr. David Block, and Alliance Defending Freedom attorney, Matthew Hoffman. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, Coach Block, you have an incredibly powerful story, and we're going to get into some of the details of your story, how earlier this year... Um, When you were at a competition with some of your students, there was a conversation being had about men, biological men, competing in women's sports, and you explained to your students that, yes, there are biological differences between men and women. Ultimately, those remarks cost you your job. So we're going to dive into that here in just a minute. But first, I'd love just to hear a little bit about how you got into snowboarding. When did you first start snowboarding?
2: I started snowboarding... Uh, about forty years ago.
0: Okay, been doing it for a long time.
2: <laughs> a long time.
0: <laughs> and why sure. did you decide to start coaching?
2: I had started a local, uh, not for profit, a uh, 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 snowboard program at a local hill that that helped kids, local kids that, um, one way, shape, or form, couldn't make it to the mountain, whether financial or social or behavioral issues. Um, it's like a we, it's a Friday pro. We call it a local Friday program and. Um, a couple of those parents had high school kids that wanted to start a team. So those parents approached me and the rest is history. And we just started the we started the program 12 years ago.
0: So neat. What do you enjoy most about coaching?
2: There's a lot. But as you are asking that question, I what comes to mind immediately is the kids. Hmm. I love being on the snow, the wind and the powder and the moguls and the tricks and the progression of the of the kids and all that stuff is just so amazing to watch on the snow but it's it's really to to see the kids grow from a, from a freshman on up and now I allow middle schools middle schoolers to come in too um, but just to watch the progression and off the snow I think is is it's so incredible to watch these the progress and that's with all sports but with snowboarding you know to watch the kid who can barely connect turns climb right up a chairlift and then sit on top of a giant slalom course for the first time and you can see the fear in their eyes and then by the time they make it down it's like i wrote them a check for a million dollars the the pride in them is just i sounds corny but it is heartwarming and i can feel i I can just i just feel it now it's just it's unbelievable to watch these kids grow Mm. unbelievable Mm. so on a field They're kicking a the ball. That's great. I appreciate it. But that giant slalom course, when they're sitting there and the fear is in their eyes and they do it, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking as a fellow New Englander who grew up skiing, I I remember that fear personally of sitting yes, at the exactly. top of a mountain. <laughs> exactly. You think, can I really do that or am I going to die? That, but somehow that, it works out and it is an immense right. sense of pride. Exactly. Well, so you you have been working as a high school snowboarding coach in Woodstock, Vermont. And in February, you were at a competition with some of your students. And like I mentioned, that conversation came up among, um, among some of the students about the differences between biological men and women and whether men who identify as women should be allowed to compete in women's sports. You chimed in in that conversation. Just explain a little bit about what happened and what you said.
2: So we were between competitions, waiting in a in the cafeteria, and uh, I hear one member of our team, a boy, say, DNA, DNA, and that caught my ear, and I just kept going about my business, and then I heard the word transphobe, and that's what caught my ear, and so I went over, and I've been involved in conversations, not this subject, but other conversations where I just share fact, like that is my protocol, mm-hmm. I keep my opinion as far out of these things, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and I know Um, so I just shared my opinion and basically it was boys are different than Biological boys are different than biological girls. And there are physical characteristics that help boys become stronger, you know, different muscles, different bones. And that's, that was it. It was just a simple conversation, less than two minutes. Mm. And, uh, that was it. Everybody was happy. (laughs) There was no issue.
0: Yeah. Were there any other, um, personnel, teachers involved in that conversation?
2: No, it was just myself and the two students, the male and the female on our team.
0: Okay. So then the next day you're preparing to go to work and the superintendent calls you into your office. What does she say?
2: Right. So she, so she first had the athletic director call me, ask me what I said. I told him exactly what I told you. And, um, he said, well, I need you to go to the superintendent's office. And I thought it was going to be, so Dave, have a seat. What happens? Hear me out. Maybe give me a warning. Maybe offer training. I sat down. Maybe I stood. I don't remember. But <laughs> she, slid the, she slid the termination letter across the table. I was fired the moment I walked in that, that room. That was it.
0: What were you thinking in that moment?
2: Well, to be honest with you, I was rattled. <laughs> but... You know, I I was just shocked that that I could be fired for literally speaking biological fact, biological fact. And I have a mom and a sister and female friends and a wife. And I can I know the difference between a male and a female. I mean, that alone. And I was I was fired for stating a biological fact. I just couldn't believe it. I was in such shock. Yeah.
0: Wow. And. Um, do you know, did any of the students complain or, or what was, what was the impetus that the school was saying, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, you're now terminated without discussion?
2: Right. So after I was fired that day, I texted uh, the team. We have a group varsity team. And I told them I was fired for, for that conversation. Every single text that every person that responded was in support, including both of the students that were in that conversation. Um, So apparently, you know, someone from the team, someone from the team shared the conversation on the bus. We shared the bus with Mm -hmm. the transgender athlete. And I believe that it was a positive conversation because when I finished the conversation with the two students, the female who was decrying transphobe to the male had said, coach, that was great. She literally used those. She literally used positive language during the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it was her that shared the, that shared the story. This is just a guess. And then it went from that to, um, to a parent, to uh, the soup, to the uh, athletic director, from that athletic, athletic director to our vice principal, from our vice principal on, and so on and on it went. Okay. So,
0: Okay. Mr. Hoffman, I, I want to pull you in here and just get your legal expertise on this. Of course, you're an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom, who's representing Coach Block in this case. Um, explain a little bit about the grounds by which the school is is claiming it it has the authority, um, had the authority to fire Coach Block. We know that um, that they're claiming that uh, there was a violation of the Windsor Central supervisor union board's harassment, hazing and bullying policy, as well as a Vermont's principals association related policy. Explain what these policies are and why they say coach was in violation of them.
1: Yes, the the school district says that uh, this conversation coach Block had, which was respectful among all parties, harassed the student based on gender identity uh, for a student that wasn't even present at the um, for the conversation at all. Um, and so that's extremely problematic under the First Amendment, because uh, what is clear is that we all have the freedom to discuss important matters of public concern, and, and we don't lose that sacrifice when we become coaches. Um, and, and the First Amendment certainly protects that right against overbroad policies that censor speech like the ones that issue in this case. Okay.
0: So what what is Alliance Defending Freedom arguing then for Coach Block?
1: So we have asked the court to um, reinstate coach block as coach for the upcoming season, because he was wrongfully terminated in retaliation for his protected speech. Uh, We had a hearing on that in September, and the court is currently considering our request to reinstate coach block. So we hope that he'll be here for the upcoming season, able to coach those kids again. Um, And we're arguing that you can, you cannot fire people, you cannot fire employees and coaches for expressing their opinions on important issues that affect the rights of children, parents, um, teachers, administrators, all of the above, and discuss this important issue.
0: Yeah. It's well known that Vermont is not necessarily a conservative state. How did that hearing in September in Vermont go?
1: Well, we presented our case. Coach Block took the stand and um, told the court exactly what uh, we've discussed here about um, expressing his opinion on this important issue. Um, a student also testified, and uh, one of Coach Block's um, players, snowboarders, also testified discussing the conversation, too. And, and so, you know, people have different views on this topic, but I think one thing we should all agree on is nobody should be fired just for respectfully expressing their opinion.
0: Hmm. Coach Block, why did you decide that you wanted to take legal action?
2: There's several reasons and it's been an emotional spectrum, yeah. but immediately. I went right to the girls. I just know that my team, these girls are out practicing day and night. They're at the hill just about every day. There's a one day that we don't practice and we're otherwise at competitions or I practice these girls show up and they are working hard and they take a bus two hours away, they show up and they, they lose because there's someone with a huge biological advantage and i'm i feel confident that the girls on the woodstock snowboard team are some of the hardest working teams out there i just they're they're dedicated they have backyard trick areas and they're practicing their giant slalom i mean they're just amazing people and great athletes and focused and then it's just so unfair that was a big motivator freedom of speech huge motivator we have a local coach and then this is as i thought about it more like what am i doing In the moment, that's what those two items. The second one was what confirmed my belief was the uh, we have a local coach 20 minutes away who has gone through the same thing that um, that I am. And he, he had a lot to lose and he stood up and that was a confirmation. And then there was a book that I that I recently read and it just basically talks about what's going on in our country and all Americans need to stand up especially the ones that believe this, the ones hiding in the shadows are not helping this cause, not helping themselves, not helping this country. It's just really for those four reasons are my big motivators. It's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of good reasons why we should be standing up.
0: Yeah. If, if you could speak to your students and share a message with them, what would you want to say to those girls on your snowboarding team?
2: Well, it's something that I said to them already, and that I love you, I miss you, stand up for what you believe.
0: Mr. Hoffman, when are we going to know the ruling? I, I know we can't always predict what courts do, but do we have any sense of when we'll get a decision?
1: Yes, we, we cannot predict, so we don't know the exact timeline. Uh, we're hopeful it will be in the next few weeks so that ideally Coach Block can get back to coaching for the upcoming season, which starts late November, early December, okay. um, but, but there's really no way of knowing.
0: And is this a case that, um, you know, you all would intend to, to appeal should, should you not receive a victory?
1: Yeah, I think we would have to assess that at that time. But we certainly, you know, the request for reinstatement is preliminary, and uh, we intend to continue to prove our case that this was a retaliatory firing. And, and so um, the case will certainly proceed and is proceeding now.
0: Coach Block, I, I want to give you the final word here. Just what would you want the, the American people to kind of take from, from your story, from your action, what you're doing right now? And what's maybe a message of encouragement for other people who are – are also under similar stipulations where um, either they're facing a situation like yours, or they're they're maybe living in fear that one day, you know, as a teacher, as a coach, working in schools, working in public education, they might be in a position like yours.
2: Uh, well, I would say first, uh, I, I thought to myself, you know, when the final hours of my life come, if I didn't choose the right direction, I would have to live with that. My, I just... I, I need to know that I've number one, I've done the right thing, and that everyone has the right to express their opinion, and no one should lose their job for speaking the truth and um just don't be afraid it's 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 worth fighting for even you know I'm fighting for people who I disagree with, you know I'm fighting for everyone's freedom of speech, and uh there is a biological difference between boys and girls, and just everybody just has to stand up.
0: Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Matthew Hoffman of Alliance Defending Freedom and Coach Flock, Vermont, uh, Woodstock, snowboarding coach. Thank you so thank much. You. Really, really appreciate y'all's time
1: today. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation.